What's the secret to healthier relationships? How can you have better relationships with the people that matter most to you, like family, friends, and your partner if you have one? And how does setting boundaries in your most difficult relationships change everything for the better? That's what I'm talking about this week here on Let's Talk About Mental Health, the weekly podcast that teaches you how to look after your well-being. So get comfortable and let's talk about mental health. Hello and welcome to episode 193 and thanks so much for joining me as I talk about better relationships and mental health. I'm Jeremy Godwin and I share practical tips you can apply immediately based on quality research and my own personal experience following a breakdown in late 2011 that changed my life. Each week I look at how to improve one specific aspect of your well-being. In this episode I'll be talking about what makes a healthy relationship, why working on continuously improving your relationships matters, and how to build and maintain better relationships in all areas of your life. So, let's talk about better relationships. For someone who specializes in mental health, I spend a lot of my time talking to people about relationships. And it's not really surprising when you think about it. Our relationships tend to play such a huge role in our lives that of course they're going to wind up impacting on our mental health in some way, shape or form. Just as the reverse is also true and our mental health will play a big role in our relationships as well. I have a lot of conversations each week with a lot of people, from one-on-one clients through to those of you who reach out to me on social media, and many of the questions I get are about challenges with relationships, especially ones where there are issues. Now, I'm talking about all types of relationships here. Family, friends, romantic partners, work relationships. And even though it may seem they're all very different, they're also all very similar and have one thing in common, you. Which means that they have an impact on you in some sense or another. And so when there are problems or difficulties, it's very likely to result in you feeling upset or angry or hurt or miserable or a thousand other unpleasant emotions. Before we go any further, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. 99% of the issues I talk to people about could be resolved with better communication. So if you're here today listening to this episode because there's a problem you're facing in one or more of your relationships, then my advice is probably going to end up being communicate. Of course, there's a lot more to it than just that, and I'll be digging into things more deeply as we go along, but you may as well know up front that I am already fairly much convinced that the issue you're dealing with has something to do with communication, and that open and honest communication is necessary to resolve it, even though that may involve short-term conflict. Anyway, before I get too far ahead of myself, let's first get ourselves onto the same page with some definitions and let's talk about what makes a healthy relationship. So when I say relationship, I'm basically referring to any kind of relationship at all, from something intimate all the way through to something more like an acquaintanceship. But broadly speaking, for the purposes of today's episode, I'm going to mainly focus on the types of relationships that have the biggest impact 
on you and your day-to-day life, your family, your friends, your partner if you have one, and also your work relationships. Most of those have some form of emotional intimacy, and although your work relationships may or may not have that level of connection, they do have a big impact on you just by virtue of the fact that you spend an enormous amount of time interacting with the people you work with. So they need to be factored into your thinking as well, since they're probably going to be fairly unavoidable most of the time. Now, when it comes to what makes one of these relationships healthy or unhealthy, there are lots of different traits and factors to consider, but I think the most fundamental one is that a healthy relationship is one that is respectful. By comparison, an unhealthy relationship is either actively disrespectful or it could be one where no real attempt is made to be respectful. So while it's not like one or more people in the relationship are going out of their way to make things messy, they're also not really fussed with trying to make things better. I've noticed in my conversations with people about relationships of all different shapes and sizes that there are some common elements that come up time and time again. Generally speaking, unhealthy relationships are ones where one or more of the people involved in it are dishonest, disrespectful, or untrustworthy, where there is poor or non-existent communication, where issues are not addressed, or if they are, it's done in an unproductive and confrontational way, where there is an imbalance of power where one person tries to dominate or control another, where there are differing or opposing goals that both people are working towards, where boundaries are unclear or non-existent, or where one or both parties do not give one another space to be themselves. Think about those descriptions for a while and tell me this. Does any of that sound like a pleasant and satisfying relationship to be a part of? Does any of that sound aspirational? Imagine going on a dating show and being told you were about to meet the person of your dreams, but that they were going to try and control practically everything you said and did. You'd run, right? Surely you wouldn't choose to stick around and play to win that type of booby prize. And yet, these are the types of relationships that so many of us settle for with our families, our friends, our romantic partners, and our work colleagues, as well as our bosses. These deeply troubling types of relationships are all around us, and often we're allowing them to continue simply because we're too scared to challenge the status quo, or worse yet, too unwilling to walk away from them because they're familiar and we fear the unknown. But on the flip side, we can have healthy and positive relationships with other people that are equal mutually respectful, honest, trusting, where communication is open and transparent, where issues are addressed early, 
where there are clear boundaries, where everyone in the relationship works together to achieve common goals or to at least head in the same general direction, and where everyone has space to live as a fully realized individual. Making that happen requires a process of continuous improvement, which simply means that you're constantly working on your part in the relationship and addressing issues if and when they arise. Now, that may sound exhausting, but I don't think it is. When you prioritize having a healthy relationship over everything else, that's when this stuff starts to become second nature. I'll talk through how to do all of that shortly, but first, let's talk about why working on continuously improving your relationships matters. And it matters because the fact is that healthy relationships don't just happen, they take work. We have problems with one another for a variety of reasons. Differences of opinion, different values, heading in different directions, not dealing with issues, etc., etc. And yet, the reason is less important than whether or not you're prepared to do the work to address whatever it is that's going on, even if that will be uncomfortable. Let's be honest here. Most people avoid conflict like the plague because it's hard work and it's so uncomfortable. But What's the alternative? Let it go? I mean, you can try that by all means, but I'll tell you right now that that's a guaranteed one-way ticket to resentment land. On that note, there's a bit of a general sense out in the world that relationships should just be easy, or that problems should just resolve themselves if it's the right relationship, especially if it's a romantic one. Or that when it comes to family, there's often a sense that unhealthy relationships just have to be tolerated because they're family. And it should come as no surprise to hear me say that none of those points are even remotely correct. None. All relationships take work, especially if you want to make them healthy and functional, instead of just buying into the fairy tale dream of happily ever after, where everything is just perfect and nobody ever has to deal with challenges. Life just doesn't work like that. I have been with my partner for 27 years, coming up on 28, and we argue, or at least bicker, at least once a day. But we treat one another respectfully, and we resolve our issues like adults, instead of letting them fester. And I'd argue that makes us a lot stronger than people who don't deal with what they're actually thinking, and so who let resentment build and build over time. As for the family thing, nobody automatically gets access to you just because they share DNA with you or your partner. You get to decide who has access to you and what that access looks and feels like. And in any relationship, there is often a point at which you have to decide between your sanity and the other person's access to you. And I know which one I'm choosing. Now, that will probably piss a lot of people off. And trust me, I've been on the receiving end of a lot of judgment and pressure from people who don't understand my own family situation, and so therefore cannot process why I would choose not to have a relationship with some of my relatives, including my mother, 
And I can only speak for myself here, but I'm fairly certain that most, if not all of us, who choose to end a relationship with a family member do not do so lightly. It's really hard and it's horrible. And I think it takes a lot to get to that stage. But there is a stage at which you need to choose self-preservation over obligation. Anyway, I've probably gone way off topic and no no real surprise there since I do enjoy going off on a tangent every now and then. But my point is that relationships take work. And by that, I mean consciously putting in the effort to A, think before you speak and act, B, set and maintain clear boundaries, C, address issues early, and D, make sure you're on the same page about where you're at now and where you're heading. I mentioned familiarity earlier, and let me say this once and for all. Just because a relationship feels familiar and safe, that does not mean it's healthy. I've seen a lot of people stay in a lot of toxic situations, jobs, family situations, friendships, marriages, because it was secure and comfortable and familiar, and yet meanwhile, they felt miserable and unhappy. Guess what? The miserable and unhappy are the big loud clues telling you that things are not healthy and that they're not working. And so either something needs to change or you're going to keep on feeling miserable and unhappy. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And nothing changes if you don't change it. So, It's interesting to me that I've gotten this far into an episode about better relationships, and the bulk of my focus is on all the negative aspects of unhealthy relationships. But it's not really too much of a surprise, because time and time again, we find ourselves in various different relationships where we compromise our needs, or we keep on giving someone opportunity after opportunity to change. And sometimes people do change, but more often than not, people don't change. And instead, they show you exactly who they are through their words and actions. And so it's you and only you who can decide whether or not enough is enough. You and only you who can choose to demand better for yourself. You, and only you, who can change things for the better. So how do you do all of that? Well, let's first take a quick break to hear from the brands who helped me create this show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back. Now let's get into the how-to part of today's episode, and let's talk about how to build and maintain better relationships in all areas of your life. Okay, so first, define what a healthy relationship looks and feels like to you. And this is about clearly identifying what matters most to you so that you can communicate that if and when you need to, and I'll come back to that in a moment. We tend to make a lot of assumptions about what we think we want and need out of our relationships. However, you'll find that sitting down and actually actively thinking about it will be quite an interesting and revealing exercise. Think about how important different things are to you, like respect, trust, equality, honesty, communication, space, working together, having boundaries, and addressing issues. For example, I had an issue with a relative recently, and it wasn't until that happened that I realized how much I value my sense of agency and control over my own life choices, and how frustrating and hurtful it was to feel like I had to justify my decision about something. And that then made me start looking at other elements of our relationship that aren't particularly healthy, which I'd previously overlooked in an effort not to rock the boat. When you know what's important to you, you can then do my next point, which is communicate openly and honestly. Because nobody can read your mind, and so if there are things that need to be said, then they need to be said. I said it before and I'll say it again and again until I'm blue in the face. 99% of issues in practically any type of relationship can be resolved through open and honest communication. The problem is that so many of us are scared of conflict or worried about hurting somebody else's feelings or maybe even worried about getting in trouble. But the reality is that every single healthy relationship in existence is built on a foundation of knowing where you both stand at any given time and where you're heading. Healthy conflict is necessary sometimes. You are both individuals, and that means that you're both unique, and therefore you will never see the world in exactly the same way. And so that means that from time to time, you will end up seeing things differently, or perhaps even in total opposition to one another. And so when that happens, you can either allow it to become an unhealthy conflict, which is one that is highly emotional and unproductive, or it can be an opportunity for healthy conflict, which is where you talk through your different perspectives in a mutually respectful way and you find some sort of common ground in order to agree on the way forward. Healthy conflict helps to move relationships of any kind forward. Unhealthy conflict keeps relationships stuck. Okay, so that leads to my next point, address issues early. 
because the longer you let something fester, the longer it takes to resolve it, and the higher the chance of resentments creeping in. Plus, there's a much higher likelihood of things escalating and eventually getting so big that there's a point of no return. Almost all issues in relationships can be resolved. It's just about dealing with the issues. I covered communication back in episode 134 and disagreements in episode 165, so you'll find those helpful if addressing issues is challenging for you. Okay, next, be respectful. And I think this one is fairly self-explanatory and straightforward. Just treat others the way you would like to be treated. Speak in an even tone, let them talk, and actually listen to them when they're talking. Don't say things behind their back. Don't jump to conclusions without giving them a chance to explain themselves. Don't air your dirty laundry on social media. Show genuine appreciation for the other person. And don't try to force something that isn't going to work. I'm sure there are lots of other ways you can think of to treat someone respectfully. If you're listening to me on Spotify, you'll see there's a question box on the screen asking, what does a respectful relationship mean to you? So leave me a comment and let me know your thoughts. Or you can leave me a comment on Instagram or threads at LTA Mental Health. It's linked in the episode description. Okay, so that leads to my next point, set and maintain clear boundaries. And if you're a regular listener, then no real surprises here that I would mention this one since the concept of boundaries is one of my go-to pieces of advice since healthy boundaries play such a critical role in good mental health. The easiest way I would describe boundaries is that it's you deciding on what you consider to be respectful behavior from others towards you and then communicating that to others through your words and actions. It's effectively you saying, this is how I wish to be treated, and then making sure that you address any instances of those wishes not being honoured. Now, we could potentially be here all day going through how to set boundaries, and I still have some more points about relationships to cover. So if you'd like to learn more about healthy boundaries, then listen to episode 53, or even better, watch this week's video on YouTube and Spotify, where I go into more detail about setting boundaries in different types of relationships. Okay, next, work together. Because if you're not broadly working towards a common goal, then what's the point? It doesn't matter if we're talking about a family member, friend, lover, or colleague, and the goal itself doesn't really matter. Are you generally in alignment? Or are you heading in opposite directions? You don't have to make the same lifestyle choices in order to be broadly united in your focus, But you're going to find it tough to find common ground if, for example, one of you is very liberal and the other is deeply and actively conservative. I mean, if the other person is someone who actively campaigns against a group that you belong to or have sympathies with, it's going to be tough to feel like you're on the same page. Okay, next, let go of resentment. Because the past has passed and it cannot be changed. So, address it and learn the lessons from it, then make the changes that need to be made and let it go. Stop carrying old animosities with you into the future. If you can't let it go, 
then something needs to be let go of. And maybe it's the relationship. And speaking of, my next point is choose who has access to you. Because you are under no obligation to let anyone have access to you who does you harm or who isn't willing to do their part to build and maintain a mutually respectful, healthy relationship. You're in control of who has access to you and what that access looks and feels like. So if you need to distance yourself from dysfunctional relationships or if you have to ditch the drama entirely, then do so. Your peace of mind needs to be your top priority. I covered dysfunctional relationships in episode 168 and drama in episode 180, so you'll find those helpful. Okay, next, let go of relationships that no longer serve you. And yes, I am well aware that letting go is very, very difficult. In fact, I covered letting go all the way back in episode 32, and it remains one of my most played episodes to date. But the fact is that sometimes all you can do is let go. It's something I also explored in episode 171 about surrender and episode 178 about closure. And I will say that if it's time to let go then do so with grace and compassion for the other person and for yourself. And choose to celebrate what was rather than only focusing on the loss or the ending. There was most likely good stuff there somewhere, so choose to remember that while still being realistic about why you needed to say goodbye in the first place so that you don't make the same mistake again or find yourself going back to the unhealthy relationship when you're feeling emotional and your defenses are down. Letting go will bring you peace of mind and allow you to move forward without the excess baggage of a relationship that no longer serves you. And you'll find tips on how to set and maintain boundaries in my latest video, which is available now on YouTube and Spotify, and it's linked in the episode description. Because when it comes to better relationships and mental health, what it all boils down to is this. No relationship is perfect, and healthy relationships take time, effort, perseverance, and patience. But the rewards are definitely worth it. No two people are the same, and you're going to disagree sometimes. But there's a big difference between healthy conflict and unhealthy conflict. Just as there's a huge difference between healthy and unhealthy relationships. When you choose to respect one another's perspectives, communicate openly and honestly, and learn and grow together, you're setting yourself up for a better relationship that feels considerate, trustworthy, and supportive. The choice is yours, as it is with all things related to your well-being. So, what choice will you make today? Each week, I like to finish up by sharing a quote about the week's topic, and I encourage you to take a few moments to really reflect on it and consider what it means to you. This week's quote is by Nicole Addison, and it is, Successful relationships are made from two people, not one. Let me repeat that. Successful relationships are made from two people, not one. All right. That's nearly it for this week. Next week, I'll be talking about willpower. Why is it so hard to make changes when we have to rely on our willpower? 
I mean, if someone could just come and take the cookies out of my hand when I'm supposed to be eating something healthy, that would be great. But short of having myself locked in a box so I can't escape, I, like you, am stuck with having to take responsibility for my own actions and for trying to get my willpower to stick, something it seems rather reluctant to do. So next time, I'll be talking about what willpower is, why willpower can be such a struggle, and how to successfully improve your willpower. Trust me, this is one topic I definitely need to learn a lot more about. I hope you'll join me for that episode, which will be released on Sunday, the 27th of August, 2023. Watch my weekly videos on YouTube or Spotify, where I cover extra content, and follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to stay up to date with new episodes. If you'd like ad-free episodes and early access a full week before everyone else, then become a supporter on Patreon. For more mental health tips, sign up for my free newsletter, Thursday Thoughts, and follow my two Instagram accounts, LTA Mental Health and It's Jeremy Godwin, where I post extra content daily. You'll find all of those linked in the episode description and in the transcript at ltamh.com. Thank you very much for joining me today. Look after yourself and make a conscious effort to share positivity and kindness out into the world because you get back what you put out. Take care and talk to you next time. Let's Talk About Mental Health is an independent program proudly produced by Reconnaissance Media, helping you find meaning and gratitude. For more information, visit reconnaissancemedia.com.